Apple takes on a researcher from Google Project Zero. Could this be the week that we see iPhone 12 announcement? And also we're going to be looking at Google's announcement of the devices. So we're checking out everything that's been announced this week in tech. researcher who worked for Google's Project Zero as a part of the security team and is actually moving over to Apple. Brandon Azad put out a tweet yesterday that has said it's with both bittersweet sadness and excitement that I say goodbye to Project Zero as I'll be joining Apple next week to continue my work for improving Apple device security. My time at Project Zero has been amazing and it's been an honor to share in this wonderful mission. My teammates at Project Zero have been among the kindest and smartest people I've met and I've learned so much from them. I really miss working alongside everyone on the team. Thank you for having these wonderful experiences and keep on hacking. So it's definitely an interesting move. Google's Project Zero basically goes out and they try and find vulnerabilities, not just in Apple, but in other device software and manufacturers as well. And Google Project Zero has been responsible for putting out some of the information once they've told Apple about it, that's then been used to jailbreak devices. So iOS 13, a lot of their jailbreaks have been based on the work by Project Zero, and obviously Apple have patched those vulnerabilities uh, throughout iOS 13 and iOS 14 as well. And that's why with jailbreaking, they always say to try and stay on the lowest firmware, because obviously that's where it's basically got the most vulnerabilities. And then once those comes out, they can then start working on developing a jailbreak using those exploits that's been discovered. So it's definitely an interesting move. And obviously, Zan is going to be known for his work with iOS, I would imagine, because he's been definitely known for working on iOS issues as well. And he's been credited in Apple's patch notes for both iOS and macOS releases multiple times. So no doubt that Apple will be using him in the iOS side of security and obviously probably a bit more macOS as well. So this week, Google did their launch night in, and unfortunately, I was working a night shift when this was out, so I wasn't really able to put a podcast out about it. However, uh, it did give me time to actually watch the event, as you call it. Basically, it was a pre-recorded 30-minute uh, advertisement of their new products. And I have to be fair, I actually prefer that to some of the live ones they've done in the past. It was a little bit of cheesiness going on, but nothing compared to in the past there. They've obviously had some mix-ups on stage. Um, and one of the things I did notice when the people were talking and presenting, they seemed to be talking off-camera a lot as well, which was a bit annoying considering they could have had the cue cards up so they could actually see that. So I'm not going to go in order that Google actually announced these products. I'm just going to go in and just talk about some of the things that I saw and what I liked and didn't like. So first up, uh, Chromecast with Google TV. Now I've currently got the last generation of the Chromecast, uh, and that's actually quite useful. You can cast stuff off to the TV. Um, I wanted something because I've already got uh, a third generation Apple TV and the fourth generation, and I didn't really want to pay out the high prices Apple would charge. I just wanted something up in a spare room that I could cast to occasionally, so that actually worked out really nice. However, what I did like about the new Chromecast, obviously it's got the remote, first of all, that the Apple TV has a remote. The last Chromecast didn't. 
So with this remote now, obviously, and you've got uh, Google TV that used to be called Android TV. They've been rebranded again. I think this is like the third time now. So you can actually put your apps on there. And I did notice that their layout looked an awful lot like the Apple TV layout on the fourth generation Apple TV. So it's coming in at a good price point in the UK. It's fifty nine ninety nine, and they've currently got an offer as well. You can go with a six month Netflix bundle for an additional thirty pounds. So I decided to go for that because we already pay for Netflix anyway. So by doing it this way, we save ourselves about three months worth of Netflix charges by taking this bundle. However, this isn't scheduled to get to us until November time. So we will obviously look at probably doing an unboxing and review, but it's going to take some time for it to unfortunately come here in the UK. Knowing the US is available already. So by all means, if you're looking for uh, some reviews, check out the YouTube. I'm sure there'll be plenty on there. Um, so that's pretty much it with the Google TV. That one is probably going to end up in the spare room as well, but uh, I'll definitely be putting it downstairs first to give it a, a good try. Uh, I really do like the Google Assistant. Now I know before you all shoot me about the privacy and, and everything else, but I've already got a lot of Google Nest products in my household and I prefer them to the Amazon Alexas. And I definitely prefer it over the Siri HomePod Smart Siri HomePod. Um, basically, you can ask it questions. It's not great. The sound quality is amazing, but I want it for the smarts as well. Running a business can be hard, and maintaining a social media presence can even be harder. That's where Creatively Social come in. Creatively Social works with small business and entrepreneurs to keep their social media accounts active and engage with their customers whilst they are busy running their day-to-day -day business. For competitive pricing, check out creativelysocialva.com. Thanks, Creatively Social, for sponsoring today's episode. So next up, I want to talk about the Pixel phone lineup. Uh, obviously, we had the Pixel 4a announced uh, a few weeks ago, and we were waiting for shipping date confirmations and things like that. And that came in at a really good price point. Now, obviously, with COVID going on, Google's seen a massive delay. Uh, in the releasing of the 4a so they did say that they were having a 4a with 5g and a pixel 5 coming in october as well so they held true to their form now it's a bit of a mix-up really between these devices i think personally uh the 4a with 5g i think should have been weighted and held off and be called the 5a um because it's got better features than the existing 4a and that's not just the 5g now 5g at the moment in most places isn't all that especially here in the uk so i'm not really too concerned about the 5g aspect of things however if you've got it and you want to try and future proof your devices that's great so the 4a has got a headphone jack that the 5 hasn't its camera is better than the existing 4a as well it's more in line with the 5 and that is coming in at a price point of 499 pounds for the 4a 5g and then if you want the pixel 5 that is coming in at 599 pounds in the uk as well and again they are both available for pre-order at the moment if you wanted uh, an option of colors then you're going to need to go with the pixel 5 again i understand that because you're trying to sell your flagship device um but yeah so i think the 4a 5g is more of a 5 a really than a, a 4a with just the extra 5g added on there now some other things that i do actually like is these devices come in at 128 gigabytes and their camera tech 
uh, software side is actually really really good now I know for a while they were actually beating Apple's iPhones especially when they come in with their uh, night sight features and then obviously Apple really upped the game with the iPhone 11 and I did put out uh, a post a very unpopular post on Facebook which I knew it would be um, basically saying that Apple's going to need to update game with the iPhone 12 and the reason I say that is not just about the 5G because like I say at the moment it's more of a gimmick and future proofing but 128 gigabytes st storage starting off on the Pixel lineup and we just know that Apple's gonna charge an extra premium for those and I don't mind paying the premium as long as the camera is got to be better than the iPhone 11 it's got to have better uh, smarts as well because I think Google personally smashing them they, they did say about you'd be able to change and edit your photos with the new software that they've got up to five-year-old photos using their photo application now that's obviously going to be Android only at the moment but will eventually come out to iOS users as it always does um, and I just think that their price point is a much more affordable obviously Apple's prices have gone up over the years and rumored speculation prices for the 12 pros is going to be around that thousand pound mark again um, and it's tough for people especially given the current climate for people to keep on and justify in those prices a lot of people I've done surveys with have said that they're gonna stick with their existing phones especially their iPhone 11 people and I don't blame them once you pay that premium price you're gonna to want to hold that device for as long as possible but as well you want Apple to bring something more to the table so if they start off with a 64 gigabyte storage then I think that's gonna let them down a lot um, I think we're gonna see a lot of price conscious decisions being made I'm not saying everybody will go over to the Google pixel but they are gonna to start to question the prices that Google are putting out to what Apple are putting out now I know there's a whole Android is a lot more uh, risk and it's not as smooth and things like that now my views Android devices in the past um, I've got to agree on a lot of those things however it is a lot more open source you can do a lot more with your device finally we've got customization on iOS 14 with a widget but again Android have had that feature for years and uh, previously we had the pixel uh, 3 in the household for a number of weeks uh, we did end up selling it but I gotta say it was a really really good device for what you were paying it was a bit more premium priced at that point so the fact that Google are bringing these down now I think is going to start people to question more whether or not they either want to switch over or do they want to hold on for their iPhone for another year or two because these prices that Apple are putting out is just basically getting a bit ridiculous now I haven't made this decision yet I do like the look of the Pixel phone however I am in the Apple ecosystem so I got a lot to weigh up on there but I'm gonna wait to see what Apple announces on the iPhone 12 uh, I did have an iPhone XR which I sold a couple of weeks ago uh, actually a couple of months ago I wanted to go back to an old SE and basically get more for the money while I could on the XR whilst I was saving up for the 12 because as soon as Apple announces that we all know the prices are going to drop and I got a really good deal on selling that privately so yeah it'd definitely be interesting to see what Apple pull out the bag this year if you've got any comments you'd like to put out on your thoughts about the iPhone 12 or the Pixel, by all means reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter. Links will be in the description for this podcast as well. We'll be happy to hear from you guys. 
Now, there was a news piece out there about uh, iPhone 12 price leaks on there now. With the Twitter user, I don't really know them, so I can't really give them much credibility. But it's interesting to have a look at those price points anyway. So they reckon that the iPhone 12 mini will come at a starting base rate of 64 gigabytes at £649. It then goes with the iPhone 12, uh, again, 64 gigabytes starting off at £749. The iPhone 12 Pro starting base at 128 gigabytes, which I was talking about with the Google Pixel standard, that's £999. And the 12 Pro Max, 128 gigabytes starting at £1,099. So, like I say, Apple really needs to bring a lot more to the table if they expect to sell a lot of these flagship devices. Now, like I say, this is coming from a Twitter account that I've not really heard over the past. I'm not going to give them the full credit on there. These may actually just be totally made up, somebody just looking for a bit of fame. But given past prices, I could possibly see these being on roughly about where Apple could be looking at doing their pricing points. Now, with Apple at the moment, their iPhone event has been rumoured for October the 13th. So that means we should be seeing an announcement uh, this coming Tuesday, and that will give it a full week. And that's if we go based off existing patterns that Apple have put out. Now, like I say, October 13th is just a rumour, so we will be keeping an eye peel this week to see if Apple actually announces anything. And as soon as we hear anything, we'll definitely be putting something out for you guys to hear about as well. So let's talk a moment about Nest Audio. Now, this actually interests me. It was like a shrunk-down version of the Google uh, Hub Max, I think it was called. That's been on sale for around £200, I think it was. Uh, again, I had ordered that for a while. I did actually return it. It was really good sound. Um, but it was just a really big speaker and now with this Nest Audio it's down for £89.99 in the UK and again that's available for pre-order. Now I do have several Nest products around the house there. I've got the Hub and the Hub Maxes uh, because I like the display. I've got a couple of little Google Minis as well. Um, now, I'm personally not in the market for this Nest Audio, however, if you're looking for a really good speaker with the Google Assistant built in and you don't want a camera and you don't want a screen, then this is definitely good. They do say that it's got clearer audio and a rich full sound and comparing it to the Nest Minis and things like that, uh, I definitely think that's going to be easily achievable. Um, the looking in the product shots that Google put out, they don't look like they're going to stand out of place. Um, but obviously, again, photos can be deceiving, so it'll be interesting to see what Google actually, uh, people's reviews on that once it comes out. Obviously, it's got your privacy built in as well, so you've got a mute switch on the back that comes with all the Nest devices, which is definitely a useful feature. Um, but yeah, again, I'm not in the market for that, but that may be something that if you guys want to have a look at. The only downside with this at the moment is you can't put Apple Music in with the Google range. You can do with Amazon's Alexa's, but not with the Google's. But you've got then your YouTube Music and your Spotify uh, as well, and Deezer Premium you can also put with these. So you've got a lot more choices at the moment. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the NHS COVID tracking app. Now, I put a video out uh, when it actually was released in the UK. It's taken them about six months to actually put an application out. The government did mess up, um, but I got a lot of thumbs down on that video. Now, what really interested me was the fact that a lot of these people seem to be thumbing down just because they don't like the application. Uh, my video was basically just showing you how it works, how you set it up and what it does. Now, working for the NHS myself, 
I can see that there is definitely a plus point with having this application because you can let other people know if they are at risk if you've been tested positive for COVID-19. And it is good as long as obviously you've got a majority of people using it, which I don't think is available at the moment. It does use both Google and Apple's API, so you know your privacy is at the forefront with Apple in there. And you've got the easy use as well with Google and things like that. So the fact that they're using that finally is definitely good. However, at the moment, there's all the bugs with the app now. In my YouTube video, I did say that I think people should install it. I stand by that because uh, somebody who works for the NHS, knowing and trying to track and trace where people have been in contact can be difficult and you want to let as many people know that they may be at risk to try and slow this spread down. We're never going to stop it. We're going to have to live with it. However, we don't want the NHS to be overrun with it. And the same in other countries, you don't want your hospitals to be overrun with that so they can't provide basic care for other needs as well. Now, regardless of what you may or may not uh, agree with on this track and trace application, um, at the moment, i got to say, it kind of sucks. And I actually have to be honest with that. I installed the application. I've had in total four alerts since I've installed it. However, when I click on them, uh, there's nothing out there to say what the, I, my procedures on it. It says I've been in contact with someone. Um, but then there was an article that was put out that basically says that this is a bug and you haven't actually been in contact with people. And to me, that's not acceptable. The government had six months to do this. They, uh, I think they've let people down a lot on that, but I definitely do stand by the fact that as long as they update it and get it working, then people should definitely install it and just leave it running in there. It's not a massive battery drain on the iPhone. I can't speak for other devices, but I know a few people have had trouble on Huawei devices, but an uninstall and reinstall seems to have fixed that. So. That could just be a bit of a bug going on there. So that's it for today, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks to our sponsor, Creatively Social, and we'll hope to catch you on the next one.